الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم هو الذي أخرج الذين كفروا من ديارهم لأول الحشر ما ظننتم أن يخرجوا وظنوا أنهم مانعتهم حسونهم من الله فأتاهم الله من حيث لم يحتسبوا وقذف في قلوبهم الرعب يخربون بيوتهم بأيديهم وأيدي المؤمنين فاعتبروا يا أولي الأبصار وقال تعالى كم تركوا من جنات وعيون وزروع ومقام كريم ونعمة كانوا فيها فاكهين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يزال من أمتي طائفة قائمين على الحق لا يضرهم من خذلهم ولا من خالفهم حتى يأتيهم أمر الله أو حتى يأتي أمر الله وهم على ذلك أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله We have perhaps heard the anecdote of a baby lion, of a cub that grew up among sheep and that cub began to believe that I am also a sheep until one day that cub met real lions and those real lions tell that cub that these friends of yours are actually your food you're supposed to be devouring them you're supposed to be eating them so the lion says that cub that grew up now says what you're talking about I'm a sheep see I can make mare also so those big lions take that cub and say, come, we take you to the river. When they go to the water, this lion now sees its reflection in the water. And when it sees its reflection, then it realizes, I'm not a sheep, I'm a lion. And then the same friends that it had, those sheep now became its food. So this is the exactly same example of the ummah. The Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are actually lions. But because we have assimilated and we have followed the ways and lifestyle of the sheep, nay, the wolves in sheepskin, our enemies, and we also begin to think that we are like them. We feel that we don't have the strength as the Ummah to rise. And wherever we see generally in the world, we find that the ummah is falling. The ummah is downtrodden. However, there is a group of true lions in the world. Alhamdulillah, two weeks ago, Allah blessed us with the opportunity of going to Afghanistan. Many friends requested, including our honorable Ustad, Hazrat Mawana Zakir Saab, that we give some impressions of the trip, some important lessons. Obviously, that trip is an encyclopedia of knowledge and information. To discuss everything will take a lot of time. But just a few impressions of these true lions. These lions 
that did not bring one so-called superpower to their, to their knees. They fought against the NATO forces. 52 countries of the world they defeated. These are the lions of this ummah. Unfortunately, we have not appreciated the sacrifice of these people. We have not celebrated the victory of these people. And their victory is actually the victory of Islam. It's the victory of the Muslims throughout the world. When you sit with them, you will understand that their concern is not only their own nation. Their concern is not their only country, it's not only their country. Their concern is about every Muslim that is living in any part of the world. That their country must become that ideal Muslim country. An Islamic emirate that will be a safe haven for any Muslim throughout the world. So these are these lions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has shown us in this time. Coincidentally yesterday, the 29th of February, marked the four year anniversary when these lions forced the Americans to sign the Doha agreement. What was that Doha agreement? That Doha agreement was everything in their favor and everything against those occupying forces. For 10 years they negotiated. Alhamdulillah, we met those people that were part of the negotiations. For them, they don't have any regard whatsoever for those people that they were negotiating with. They negotiated for 10 years. I asked the question, why it took so long? They said, because America was trying to get their demands, but we refused. To such an extent that they came to this point, we'll give you your whole country, just give us two bases. Two bases, two army bases. By the way, the army base is not a base, it's a city on its own. When we, re- when we see those bases, we'll understand the loss that the invading forces had suffered. They spent trillions of dollars and they had to give up everything. Nay, they even destroyed whatever they built before they left. As Allah speaks about it in the Qur'an Majid, Speaking about the Yahud and how they were banished from their forts and, 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 and their lands. Allah says, مَا ظَنَنْتُمْ You didn't think that they would even leave. That's how they built themselves so fortified. And they thought that their forts will protect them from Allah. The steel that was used, the thickness of the wall, the depth of the wall, all those things are mind-boggling. The amount of wealth that was spent just to fortify themselves. So they begged, never mind two bases, give us one base also. Give us one base, the Bagram base. Give us that base. They said, we will fight you for a hundred years, but we won't allow a single soldier of yours to remain in our land. Now these are those people who we can call the true representatives of this ummah, the true lions, those people that are convinced about iman, those are people that are convinced on the yaqeen of the, uh, those that are convinced on the promises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So as I was saying yesterday, the 29th of February, marked the fourth anniversary of these, of this Doha agreement. And most of us perhaps didn't even know that it happened. We didn't even know that yesterday marked that anniversary. And as I explained, that we have not appreciated the sacrifice that these people have given. It's a land of sacrifice, a land of qurbani. One 
ministry explained to us 600,000 shuhada. 600,000 shuhada. 350,000 orphans. 90,000 widows. And 180,000 disabled people. They've got so much that perhaps there's no country in the world that has a separate ministry. Wizaratu shuhada'i wal ma'luleen. The ministry for the martyrs and for the dis- disabled. And coincidentally, or perhaps we can say, it's such a good coincidence that the minister of this ministry himself is disabled with one leg. And his three of his immediate male relatives became shaheed. So, wizaratu shuhada wal This is the amount of qurbani they gave. Wherever you go, you will find orphans. You will find hundreds of orphans. And there's a special attention that they are giving to these orphans. Because obviously, they are not just the responsibility of those people or that government. These orphans are the responsibility of the entire ummah. Those people gave the sacrifice for the sake of the ummah. For the sake of deen, for the sake of Islam. Doesn't it now become our responsibility as the ummah to take care of their orphans? And someone explained to us a very important point. He said that we are, spay, we are paying special attention to these orphans because from the previous war against the Soviets, they were children, they were orphans of those people that were in the forefront of the fight against the, against the invading forces. They were in the forefront of the fight. They gave their lives. But because there was not, atten- attention was not given to their children, to their orphans, Later on when NATO came and invaded, these same children of those great people joined the invading forces. So if we don't make an effort on these people, and this is a point of reflection for us respected friends, if we don't make an effort on our coming generations, we don't make an effort on them, then Allah forbid, those people that were in the forefront of deeny activities, supporting deen, being in the masjid, etc., Allah only knows where our children can end up. The importance of paying attention on the next generation. So the amount of qurbani, the amount of sacrifice that's given in this land, the amount of blood that was given, as we explain, only for the sake of deen. The whole focus is, that the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must be high. That flag that flies very, very high, and all over with a lot of pride, they allow that flag to fly up high. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. One of the people explained to us, he says that this is the message of Tawheed and the message of Risalat. That is our whole focus. That the message of Tawheed, the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the prophethood of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam must be high, and that must spread in the world. The Western media unfortunately is painting, continuously paints, a very negative picture of these people. It's obvious for them to cover up the defeat that they suffered. And such a humiliating defeat that perhaps no one ever suffered such a defeat in history. Hazrat Mufti Taqi Uthmani, Damat Barakatu mentioned when the conquest had taken place, he said that in the history of Islam perhaps we have not witnessed a, 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 a victory like this. Where a Muslim nation defeated 52 countries. Not just one country, they defeated 52 countries. Such a victory was a historic victory. But obviously the Western media will never portray that good side of it. 
And they will always only give one version, the oppression to women, and the suppression of women, and women's education, as if they were concerned about the rights of women for 20, for 20 years. They, night raids was one of the most horrific things that ever happened there. They would raid the homes at night, not concerned about the age, not concerned about the young children, not concerned about the rights of women. They killed innocent women for so long. What's going on in Gaza? The amount of civilians, women and children that are being killed. No one worries about women's right at that time. Only when it suits them to give a certain version and a certain narrative. And unfortunately, we also buy into that story. Yeah, the oppressing women. Some of the meetings, some of those officials mentioned the first thing. They said, I hope you don't ask us about the question of women's education. We're tired of this question now. It's now because of the, of Western media only harping on this one point that everyone is only concerned about that. All the progress that happens in the country in terms of dunya and deen, one of the best performing or if not the best performing currency in the last year, the economy is going up. They have paid off millions of debts that were owed, that were owed from the previous government. Security and safety that you won't enjoy, perhaps anywhere else in the world. You will find a person with a thick stack of money, money exchange on the side of the road. Where are you going to find that in any other country? Perhaps one or two countries you may find it. But that level of progress that they have made, there is obviously facilities for education, for females education. There is one aspect and one sector that they can't cater for currently. And they are making, they are making an effort to cater for that as well. But the Western media will give this negative impression. And like many other situations and scenarios, we also begin to become convinced with this Western media. Some people to us are going to such a dangerous country. When we came back, some people said, Alhamdulillah, you came back in one piece. That's such a safe country. Such a safe country. Perhaps you don't feel that safety anywhere else, apart from the amount of, of security that they'll provide for you as well. So, this is a very important responsibility that we have. And the elders, they also mentioned this, that go to the world and give the world the true picture of this country. The drug trade, which was a thriving trade, one decree from Amirul Mu'minin and it's put an end to it. That's an Islamic system. One decree. There is no bank, there's, there's no, there's no riba, no interest in the banking system. There are no vice, dens of vice prevalent or, 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 or found anywhere. And all this type of dini and dunyawi progress that they have made. In terms of dunyawi progress, they are restoring the roads. There's mining that has started, gas, etc. that is being mined and being taken out. So all this progress that is happening, the western world will never speak about that. They will only give us that negative picture. Exactly what's going on in Gaza today. They will only give a very very skewed picture that they try to promote. Obviously, perhaps one of the benefits of the Gaza war and the positives that have come out is that this fallacy of CNN and BBC etc. has all, all been blown, blown away. I just read an article perhaps yesterday that so many people have lost confidence in these major news websites and news agencies and perhaps in the future people are not going to be believing them anymore. So that is one very important aspect for us to understand. That is, that it is a thriving Muslim country, and the West will never allow us to accept that. The people, they are amazing. When people ask, what was your impressions? I say, the only word I can say is it was amazing. 
The rest of it, you go there and feel it for yourself. Amazing land and amazing people. And what we need to understand, that when there is the, and a pure 100% Islamic system in any land, then it's definitely going to have barakat which we can't imagine. We can't understand. The qurbani that was given, the sacrifice that was given, the life that was given, obviously it has its own barakat, which we will not be able to explain. Amazing people. Many of our companions mentioned, they say that if you want to see the lives of Sahaba alive today, look at these people. Absolutely simple, down-to-earth people. But these were the same people that have brought the 52 countries to their knees. One of the people that was involved in that agreement in the Doha talks, who the, the Americans tried very hard to exclude him. Exclude him because he was so intelligent, so sharp. When we were sitting with him, one of our friends mentioned, he says to him on a light-hearted way, he's a very high-profile person, but this is his simplicity. So he says, when we see your picture, very fierce-looking person, and now you're so easy going. So he replied, he said it in jest, he said it jokingly, but actually it has a very deep meaning. He says, أَشِدَّاوُ عَلَى الْكُفَّارِ رُحَمَاءُ بَيْنَهُمْ And he laughed and he smiled. That we are firm against the kuffar and we are soft among ourselves. And this is exactly the quality of Sahaba that Allah speaks about in the Quran in Majid. Ashiddawu alal kuffari We met people that have given 40 years in the path of Allah. One person in the whole Russian jihad against the Soviets he fought. He was four and a half years in Pakistani prison. Eight to nine years in the American prisons fought against the Americans as well. But when you speak to him, he says that I'm only concerned about my khatima, how I will end my life and what will be my end. When someone asks him the question that, do you all perhaps feel that you will be part of the army of Mahdi? This is a question that we normally have. They say that we have heard the army of Mahdi are very, very great people. We don't think we will qualify to be part of the army of Mahdi. Yet the same person told us that when he was in prison, Apart from the other, many other dreams that he had seen, he saw on one occasion, he sees Imam Mahdi radiallahu an, and he's taking bay'ah, and he's pledging allegiance at the hands of Mahdi radiallahu an. But this is the humility, the simplicity that they have. He says that they have forced me into this position. I don't want to take any position. I'm an ordinary person. He says that we are convinced, we are convinced that we did not win this war. We know what we were. We know how incapable we were. We know how ill-equipped we were. He says it is only and only the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He gave one incident among many other incidents. He says on one occasion, because he was so high profile, he was on a hit list. He says, I was traveling with 60 companions. And the bombers came. And they bombed and bombed and bombed. He says, we were convinced on that day that we are going to become shaheed. After they left, only one person became shaheed. 59 survived. How we survived, we don't know. He says, when the Americans got me and they put me in prison, they told me on 10 occasions we tried to attack you, but we never got you. He was never injured also. 10 times we tried, how are you saved? They are convinced of the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Respected friends, there's much more that can be discussed. But this is an important point. That when we strive to implement the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their focus was to implement the deen of Allah in their country. Allah gave him an unseen help. 
any person, any random person in any village who took part in the jihad, you ask him the question, give me one story of the help of Allah, immediately, spontaneously, he can give you a story. He doesn't need to think about it. That is the help of Allah that they enjoyed. We don't have a country. We don't have a world. We have our own lives and our own bodies. We have our own homes, respected friends. If we have to implement the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we have to implement the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our lives and in our homes, we will also enjoy the nusrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we ask one of the very great seniors there, when we ask him for some advice for our country, he says that purify yourself and make an effort to practice 100% on deen. He says every step of the journey you will find the help of Allah and you will enjoy barakat and blessings on the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One, another very important message that they gave when we asked for advice, they said, if your people know the kuffar like we know them, if you know their filthy and dirty intentions, if you know how they hate you and they want to destroy you, you will never ever follow their lifestyle. You will never follow it, friends. We will swear the enemies. We will swear the Jews and what they are doing. But we need to really introspect and see how much of their lifestyle we are embracing. And not just embracing, we are proud to be following that lifestyle. Go to this place and see how disgraced those people are in the eyes of these people. Because they saw them, they lived with them. They spend that amount of time. They know how filthy they are. One person mentioned who was also involved in the agreement, uh, in the talks. He says, they are pedaishi shaitan. He says, from their birth, they are shaitans. This is these people. He says, we know them, we know how to handle these people. We, 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 we spoke to them, we dealt with them, and we got from them what we needed to get from them. They couldn't get one inch of land of, our, of ours. So respected friends, this one point that came very, very, time has run out very quickly, this last point, one point that came very strongly in my mind, that we were speaking quite a bit, when the whole war had started in Gaza, we were speaking about Umar radiallahu anh's statement, when he went to conquer Baytul Muqaddas in that simple way of his, and he was not worried and overawed by the invading forces and the superpowers of the time, the Roman Empire, and at that time someone told him, but you're going to meet high profile people, his answer was, نَحْنُ قَوْمٌ أَعَزَّنَ اللَّهُ بِالْإِسْلَامِ We are a nation that Allah gave us izza, Allah gave us honor because of Islam. Go to this country and you will see it real. You will see it alive. That the izzat and honor that they have today is only because of Islam. Because they stood firm. There was a threat that was given. By the American president at that time, we will smoke you out of your holes and your tunnels. At that time, Mullah Umar Mujahid said that we have the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we will focus on the, we will have our yaqeen on the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are not cared about your threat. It took a 20, it took 20 years. It, many lives were lost, but now Allah gave them the same thing with izzat and honor. On the other hand, we find most of the other Muslim countries in the world, what they have done, they have subjected themselves to the demands of these people. And Umar radiallahu anh said, وَمَهْمَا نَطْلُبُ الْعِزَّةَ فِي غَيْرِ الْإِسْلَامِ أَذَلْنَا اللَّهِ When we look for izzat and honor in any other way besides Islam, Allah will disgrace us. Look at what's happening today. There's a group of people 
two, approximately two million people that are starving. They have Muslim Arab neighbors who share the same blood as them, but they can't even help them. And when they are supposedly helping them, they are making a mockery of themselves. Perhaps if you follow the news this week, the Jordanian army said we are going to throw, throw, send down aid. The first aid that came down came in the sea. And then yesterday the aid that came down, Israel announced to say it was windy and the, and, and the aid now fell in Ghilaf Gaza, it fell in the Israeli side. So they are making a mockery out of themselves. Why? Because they did not stand up for themselves. They didn't stand up for deen. They did not stand up for Islam. Allah is showing us the contrast, suspected friends. A nation that stood up. And Allah has given them all of that. Those big buildings, those land cruisers, etc. They have the same. But they have it with izzat and honor. No one can threaten them. No one can say anything to them. They mentioned to us, at when they were in, that, in, the, in those agreements and those discussions, then they were, they were Arab country representatives. There was the foreign minister of Saudi, the foreign minister of UAE. And when they heard how these people are speaking so forcefully, they got so frightened, they wanted to run out of the meeting. And on one occasion, when the enemy began to speak to them in a loud voice, they said to them, you all forgot why we're sitting here. Because of the hiding you're catching in our country, that's why we're sitting here. Lower your voice. Don't try and exert your pressure over us. So that's the izzat that Allah gave them. But that izzat is only and only because of holding firm to Islam. And that is perhaps the greatest lesson that we can take. That we also in our own lives implement deen and implement Islam. Allah will give us izzat. Allah will give us honor. But if we're looking to follow the enemy and think that we're going to get izzat through that, then we will never get izzat. The only thing it will be, we will get disgrace in this dunya and disgrace in the akhirat. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire us. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina wa mulana muhammadi wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.